back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to embark upon a very interesting subject that has been near and dear to my heart for, God, decades, since I was of age to begin to think and feel and explore the world of the outer space as well as inner space. And that is the subject of the ageless wisdom traditions and metaphysics. Metaphysics, which I consider just to be the uh, the precursor to physics. It's the physics that hasn't yet been fully recognized by scientists. It's sort of physics hanging in the wings, if you will. And to discuss these subjects with me today is a gentleman who has been on the path as well for many, many years, David Zimmerman. David is, interestingly, retired from General Motors, where he was an executive for many decades, also a student of art at Indiana University, and a graduate of Clairgate College of England, a combat veteran also during the Vietnam War. So he's had a very diverse uh, and rich life and continues on teaching, as he is, the work of the Ageless Wisdom Tradition. And he's been known around the world for his teaching and his lectures because they really pack a punch when it comes to helping people understand these types of subtler insights and nature of reality that most people don't really get. He's actually a sought-after lecturer with a broad range of topics on which he speaks such as esoteric psychology, esoteric astrology, and esoteric healing. He also lectures on the metaphysical nature of quantum physics, as would make a lot of sense. He's also a generous supporter and producer of educational videos and writings on esoteric subjects throughout the United States, England, Australia, and South Africa. He's an active member of the Theosophical Society in both the United States and the U.K., so it's really with great pleasure that I bring on to meet you all uh, my good friend and colleague, David Zimmerman. David, hi. How are you? Good to have you hi, on Mitchell. The Better World. How are you? Beautiful to have you. Fine, thanks. Yeah, Fine. it's wonderful. Yeah. Your your background you. is is stellar in so many ways. It It's so interesting to have someone who is once a a combat veteran in Vietnam who also recognizes the value of art, of General Motors, and metaphysics. <laughs> so yeah, he really has done the gamut here. Pretty diverse background. Uh, it's a diverse was, background, and it's, honestly, it's a rich one. I'll tell you, when I was studying to be a psychotherapist, I, of <laughs> course, had to do the graduate work and, you know, the clinical and the internships. But I got to tell you, I also worked in the in the real world. I worked in the world of business in New York City, mm-hmm. David, mm-hmm. way back in the early 80s, where sure. I was experiencing what it was really like um, to be in the um, on the street, so to speak, dealing with raw conflict and issues between mm-hmm. people. And I tell you that from my view... That was every bit as important to my training to be a good oh, therapist sure. and counselor and coach as was the academics, which oh, you can absolutely. sort of get anywhere. 
Absolutely. You know, I, so. I've, I've, I've told people uh, on numerous occasions that uh, the Vietnam War uh, helped spiritualize my life. Uh, oh, yes. Can you say a word me. about that? How that happened? Well, you know, it was my life was saved uh, on several occasions uh, when I, I should really have been killed. But uh, one time in particular, uh, I uh, it, it was in what I call the darkest night of my life. At least it was uh, up until that time. It, it was the darkest night of my life, and I was in a bunker and I went out I was in the platoon bunker and I was trying to make it over to my bunker which was only 10 feet away and had lost all sense of direction on a hill that I'd been on for probably 15 days and I finally by feeling along the way of the wall of the platoon bunker I made it over to my bunker and I went to grab my air mattress it was an ungodly hot muggy night and I didn't want to sleep inside the bunker with a bunch of stinky GIs you know uh, hadn't had a bath in 90 days so I grabbed my air mattress and I was going to sleep on top of the bunker and I heard a voice uh, that came from the sky above my head somewhere and it was a voice that was neither male nor female and it said Zimmerman don't do that and it was nobody in my platoon it was nobody in my company and i was powerless but to do what the voice said and i grabbed the air mattress and i thought what am i what am i going to do i and so i moved around to the side of the platoon bunker which was a much bigger bunker and just around the corner and laid the mattress down and went to sleep at 4:30 in the morning the first north vietnamese mortar round was fired and it landed exactly dead center on the top of the bunker and would have hit me in the stomach uh, and of course would have blown me to pieces it blew the top off the bunker it wounded a couple of guys inside the bunker but it saved my life a voice that was neither male nor female i thought about it uh, uh, years later that it, it certainly it must have been an angelic voice one of the mm-hmm. characteristics oftentimes of angelic voices is that you can't distinguish whether it's male or female you can't you can't tell could you know, yeah it's just a voice and like i said i was powerless but to do what like it's androgynous said, yeah it's gender yeah, exactly. free <laughs> yes yeah. yeah yeah and that uh and, and i was like i said i was powerless i did exactly what the voice did and of course uh higher beings or angelic forces they use an economy of words they don't waste their energy i didn't need the gettysburg address to tell me that <laughs> i shouldn't shouldn't you know i just a few words and that was it saved my life yeah true story right, right. True story. now had you and, been had you been spiritually or esoterically inclined prior to your service was, in vietnam I was, okay. yeah. I uh, had okay. gone, I'd studied art uh, in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at a branch of Indiana University. And I had a teacher, an instructor, uh, who was uh, a budding theosophist. And uh, he had piqued my interest in it. 
and uh, and of course the, it was a difficult time back then because of the war, and I had a lot of things going on in my family with everybody, and it seemed like the the, the thing to do was to just go in. I volunteered for the draft. I wanted to get it over with. I had a student deferment. I, uh, like I say, I volunteered for the draft. I went in. Uh, miraculous things happened. I, I was in the Oakland Army Terminal. Uh, I met six guys in a billiard room. Uh, as I entered into that room where these six guys were, uh, I instantly knew who would live and who would die. And it uh, yeah. it took about 10 months for it to play itself out, but it was absolutely true and accurate, and I knew. And uh, I have uh, my best buddy in Long Island, New York, Billy Segrist, Bill Segrist. Uh, he knows the story. And, uh, yes. And uh, it happened. So there was that kind of mediumistic quality that I seem to be developing and uh, it uh, it manifests itself uh, as uh, recently as the uh, 911 event where uh, I saw it 10 days before it happened sitting right here in the very chair I'm in in my meditation is that room. so I saw you is know it was strange so? image Mitchell because it was like the trade towers were were uh, scale models, and they were about five feet tall, and they appeared right where I'm looking right now in my room, uh, out toward the entrance into the den, and they they began to implode down on themselves. And I thought about the buildings being destroyed, and and if they toppled over, how many people would be killed, and if they imploded how many people would be killed. And, and, of course, I tried to rationalize it, and then the, the minute I tried to rationalize it, the image evaporated. Uh, but uh, I, uh, the morning, that was on the, the Labor Day weekend that year in 20, 2001, uh, I was off. We had a, a three-day weekend from work, and... Uh, uh, I uh, was home alone. I'm divorced, and uh, I didn't have my kids that weekend, and I was just around the house, and that image of seeing those trade towers collapsing uh, stuck with me. And then uh, uh, the, the, at the end of the three-day weekend was, was then, it was, uh, what was it? it was Tuesday, I guess it was, I went back to work, and everything seemed to be pretty normal. And then on the morning of the 11th, I have it recorded in my spiritual diary, if anybody would like to see it. Um, I was out of body. I had astrally projected over the southern tip of Manhattan, and I saw what appeared to be two tornado clouds, and I zoomed in with them uh, with astral vision, uh, is the only way I can describe it, and I realized then that they were not two tornadoes, but rather two plumes of of immense destruction, and it was the dust and the debris of the collapsing or collapsed uh, World Trade Towers, and it just sent a bolt of electricity right, right. through me. 
So I got up, I got in the shower, I went to work. I had uh, two different uh, little offices that I operated out of uh, at General Motors, and I had to travel between each office uh, to do some work on uh, specific projects. And uh, at the very moment that the first tower plane hit the tower, of course, I didn't, I wouldn't, didn't know about it. You know, I'm in a meeting, and I stood up and I start, I walked out of the room, and as I had just gotten to the doorway, of a friend of mine, uh, I guess I can say his name, Stu Schuster, was coming in, and Stu said, "Where are you going, Dave?" And I said, "Why? Well, I, I don't know." I said, "I'm just going to go out and drive around for a little bit." And, Maybe I'll go over to the other the other office. So he's kind of bewildered, and I was kind of bewildered by what well, I was said. Was everyone at that point aware of what no, had happened? No, no, nobody knew anything. No one. So even though it happened in New York at around a few minutes before nine o'clock, and That's you I got are on, in Michigan, you're on the same time zone in the same we're in the same, same time zone. zone. So you were so still I, not aware of what happened? Okay. No, I, I got in the car. I drove around. Uh, kind of thought, what the hell am I doing? And I went over to the other office. And when I went in, uh, one of the young women came up to me. And she said, Dave, Dave, did you hear about what's going on? Did you hear the news? Did you? I said, no, what? And she said, and she had it kind of confused <laughs> in her own mind. It was, it was uh, she said, "Well, they're they're crashing planes in the buildings in the world in the Sears Tower in Chicago, and they're and it's just all kinds of stuff is going on, and and, and we're under attack." And, and I said, "Well, let's go in the conference room, and we have these big televisions in there. We could, you know, plug in and cable and everything, and hook up the news." And and there it was. There it was. It was the the image of the collapsing uh, the buildings under attack, and of course. I instantly remembered my my dream vision or my conscious. Mm-hmm. It really was a it was conscious mediumship is what it was. And the the irony of that was I had been told two weeks earlier I was in in uh, Italy, Spino, Italy, up in the mountains north of Naples. Uh, no, south south uh, a little southeast of Naples it was. Uh, and uh, I was told that uh, by my teacher and friend dr douglas baker that he said uh, there are people in the audience who will begin to have experiences in conscious mediumship and of course i didn't know what he was talking about went right over my head i never gave another thought to it it was on the 15th of august and the next day i got on a plane in rome and flew back to detroit and then two weeks later i had the image here in my den of the collapsing world world trade towers i didn't know what to make of that um, and then I had the dream in the morning and uh, of the event of, on September 11th, and there it was on television. Uh, just unusual uh, perception, you know, of uh, For sure. really conscious sure. mediumship. Is what it well, is. these are <coughs> phenomena that I believe uh, we all have the yes. hardware yes. for. We yes. all have the hardware, and there's a a matter of yes. probably a confluence of of forces or variables that mm-hmm. will empower one person more than another to gain access to I these had, uh, yeah. 
these skill sets. I'd like to call sure. them that because that means it's something that can be developed and cultivated exactly. and uh, Absolutely. develop a skill around, you know. Absolutely. So Absolutely. you are one of those with that gift. I I have some of that as well. Sure. And uh, it didn't come into play with uh, 9-11, but I am aware of prescient moments that mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. see in retrospect Oh, my mm-hmm. God, as well as mm-hmm. the deja vu effect and just mm-hmm. overall mm-hmm. intuitions and psychic mm-hmm. intuitions mm-hmm. over and over again over the course of years. And I know you're very familiar with that. And mm-hmm. I I believe that, you know, we may be born with a certain sensitivity. I would say that people who are tend toward artistic, creative activities might mm-hmm. have a certain sensitivity or greater proclivity, but not exclusively mm-hmm. at all, because mm-hmm. people who were in Vietnam or were in war and they have experienced serious trauma, that even trauma can sensitize themselves and bring them up in the, into the prefrontal cortex in a way that others might not have access to or crack open their heart, which, of course, you and I know is in another higher-level brain, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all sorts of phenomena can start to occur, you know, including, by the way, profound experiences of compassion or brotherhood or sisterhood and a sense of oneness and unity with Mm -hmm. all, all living beings, sentient life, you know. It's yeah. unusual how your, your your comments. those things come oftentimes under uh, immense stress. Exactly. It brings out it brings out these gifts. And of course if you're in Vietnam and you're a combat soldier in Vietnam, it's pretty stressful life as you can imagine. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. But I have a lot of those kinds of experiences. Uh, and and they have continued throughout my life, and that's a part of the esoteric and part of the ageless wisdom teachings. They talk about the construction of a the antakarana, which is a bridge of consciousness between the lower mind and the higher mind, mm-hmm. into the realms of atma, buddhi, and manas, the higher principles of man, of which we are uh, a part of. It's our Soul and monad and, and our higher being and <clears throat> why don't so, you walk us through this? This would be good because right now, needless to say, David, uh, our beautiful green blue water planet is experiencing a very high level of stress indeed across oh, its oh. magnificence. And while there's a tremendous amount of joy and goodwill and good mm-hmm. cheer and play mm-hmm. and humor mm-hmm. among the animals, among the humans, et cetera, et cetera, a lot mm-hmm. of beautiful mm-hmm. fresh water is still yes. flowing. Um, mm-hmm. There is an obvious amplification of pollution of issues around extreme weather and Mm -hmm. what's called climate change and Mm -hmm. intense social conflict and uh, military conflict in hot spots around the world and it's shifting consciousness in a way some of it's Mm -hmm. really 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 good and some of Mm -hmm. it's enough to make you want to weep from an esoteric Mm -hmm. point of view 
What is it yes. that you see, and how would you just how would you explain these phenomena, and where is it going? Great question. Here, here's what's happening in the world from the the standpoint of the esoteric and of the ageless wisdom teachings. We are at a unique time in the history of the world by virtue of the fact that we're at the end of a bimillennium. We're at the end of a great 2,000-plus-year period in time known as the Piscean Age. And we're right at the point of a birthing of the Aquarian Age. Many people believe that it's already happened. There are uh, astrologers and astronomers who will cite specific dates. I don't know that it's a clean-cut end of one and the beginning of the other. It isn't. It's an overlapping. But we're 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 giving birth, a birthing process at the planetary level. Well, I will level. just add that a financial forecaster, astrologer I had on recently, Norm Winsky, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, said that he had the the year of 2020 uh, earmarked for the dawning of the age of Aquarius, as the song yeah. would have it he's, from here. I'd say, he's, so, I'd say he's pretty close. If you read the writings of yeah. C.W. Leadbeater, probably the greatest clairvoyant who ever yes, lived. Yes, of course. Uh, he said 2025. Curiously, mm-hmm. so did Alice A. Bailey, the great uh, ah, mystic and, and the menuensis for, for the Tibetan master Joel Kuhl. Uh, Douglas Baker, my teacher, uh, talked about 2025 as as the point in time when a great world renaissance would begin. So all of this crisis that we're going through will lead us into this really a golden age. And we just got to hang on and grit our teeth (laughs) as we get to the end of the we're at the end of the 20th century and the beginning of the 21st century. We're at the end of the Piscean Age and the birthing of the Aquarian Age. And it's all coming together. And what we'll see will be a series of events. There'll be a series of inventions. There'll be a series of scientific discoveries. There'll be a series of uh, expanded awarenesses. And there'll be young children being born into the world. In fact, I I may be a grandfather tonight for the very first time. Oh, my uh, word. My daughter, we say in my, Chinese. My, 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 thank you. My daughter-in-law uh, is in the hospital right now. Uh, I oh. don't know if they're going to induce labor tonight or tomorrow or whatever, but it's it's uh, kind of an exciting time, too. And, and here I am uh, uh, on the airwaves with you. Uh, yes, and, I uh, feel and privileged. All people who are who are listening in, but I just got the call about an hour ago. Uh, oh, my, ex, my ex-wife called and said that yes, uh, uh, our son had taken uh, uh, his wife Katie to the hospital, and uh, the I baby see. was due on the 25th. But anyway, these young children are being born into the world, and they're what they call in the esoteric many are called super gifted. Some of them, they call them the indigo children. They have all different kinds of names for them. Surely. uh, Anyway, they're special people. And, of course, these events that I'm talking about are things like free energy, 
when when a virtually mm-hmm. free energy supply comes, however it comes through through nuclear fusion or through uh, Nikola Tesla's ideas of free energy, uh, one of sure. the things that will happen as far as the climate and the world weather is concerned is that uh, they'll be able to, for almost no money, uh, the infrastructure, of course, will be a huge expense, but they'll be able to irrigate the deserts of the world. If yes. you have free, free energy, desalination of ocean water uh, is too expensive to do it through the traditional process of electricity and oil-powered and coal-powered uh, yes. ways to create electricity. But if you have a, a virtually free energy, you can change the oxygen-nitrogen cycle of the planet. It can be enriched through uh, the greening of the deserts of the world. This is just yes. one thing. There are, there are numerous things that will happen. I gave a lecture on it. I don't know if I ever sent you one of those DVDs or not. I think it was called no. Ancient History, New Science, and Glimpses of the Future. Uh, mm. It was, mm. it was a, a lecture I gave uh, at a college a program uh, put on a, a, at an organization called the Great Lakes Retreat. It's held every July in Olivet College in Olivet, Michigan. And it was really yes. well received. I was stunned. Well, I saw you right after you left there right. this right. summer down at the IONS conference in Chicago. That's that's right. That's right. We met so. uh, right after that uh, at IONS. But, uh, yeah, it's, it was so the, the lecture. So when you sit back... When you sit back and look at mm-hmm. this larger picture, uh, mm-hmm. you see that from the esoteric, historical, and astrological point of view, that mm-hmm. we are going through the time of, as they say, the gnashing of teeth. And right. uh, Which is it's really the, the end of the Piscean Age. It's the end of the Piscean Age. And we're moving into the Aquarian, and whenever there is a phase change, I mean, from water to vapor, for instance, you know, or ice to water, there's going to be some difficulty, and Mm -hmm. maybe it's wisest for us to look at what is going on now from that point of view. So that, you could say, is the larger structural, um, cyclical point of view. But then on the inside, Dave, are real people's lives, the content of our, uh, the substance of our nature, and the fact that we are, you know, both spiritual and biological beings. And we care about our outcomes, and we care about our families and our loved ones mm-hmm. and our friends mm-hmm. and our, our beautiful planet. How mm-hmm. do we operate under these circumstances seeking to reduce, resolve conflict mm-hmm. and stress wherever we look so that the world doesn't have to get, you could say, worse off before mm-hmm. it gets better? Or mm-hmm. just what, what needs to be as from your point of view? Well, you know, I think Franklin, Franklin Roosevelt, during World War II, he said the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And, and it's easy to get people scared and, and uh, sp- 
spread fear and anxiety. And, of course, when we look out into the world and we watch the news at night and we see all the conflict, it, it, uh, uh, the world can be a scary place. But, but this is what, what I believe, and it's what I've been told by the most enlightened people that I've ever met in my life, people who mm-hmm. seem to have uh, profound gifts and abilities to look into the future. And they say... As, as Leadbeater did uh, 80 years ago, and Alice Bailey probably 70 years ago, and Douglas Baker mm-hmm. as recently as a few years ago, the future of mankind is bright. The world is filled with hope, and we are at the dawning of a new age and a new time, <clears throat> and that we should not, as, as we used to say in England, in the ash um, there, <clears throat> Noel Desperandum. Do not despair. Um, we're mm. going to get through this. We're going to get through this period, just like we got through World War II and all of the other problems, and we will have achieved a higher plateau of awareness, of uh, security, and of uh, uh, a new age and a new period where the world will be uh, as just as incredibly different uh in our lifetimes as it was for my grandparents or your grandparents who remember horses and buggies and and the evolution mm-hmm. into automobiles and and uh, concrete highways um, sure. the, the world will change and and uh, it is a, a, a period that uh, as I say the people who I've lived around and have respected a time filled with hope and part of that hope will be the externalization of the wisdom, ageless wisdom teachings. And uh, as you and I have talked before about a new psychology will evolve, a, a new physics, the, the real understanding and the mystery behind quantum physics will be revealed. Mm-hmm. A new mm-hmm. astrology whereby we'll be able to take the horoscope of a young child and begin to plot their course and their path in life based on their soul's purpose will be revealed in the new astrology. And a guidance counselor uh, in, in, a, in a school setting will be able to put the child on a path. Uh, they won't have to fumble through life like you and I did and finally figure out at a certain age that this was your exoteric job and this is your esoteric job or responsibility mm-hmm. you'll you'll mm-hmm. know that beforehand and well, those things are coming through <clears throat> through the new psychology and the new what's new interesting astrology. dave is that uh what is new is just what was old in yeah, other it's, words it's being, you it's know reclothed the, in 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 the in the language right. of the it's day new garb it's language. new garb exactly. we call it new but there's nothing new about it. In other no, words, no. back in traditional, there's nothing instance, new under the sun. In, yeah. in traditional mm-hmm. India, the uh, practice was to have an astrology chart at birth, and that provided the chart for a person's life. Maybe mm-hmm. even who it is they'll marry, where it mm-hmm. is they'll live with who, mm-hmm. what they will be doing. And, of mm-hmm. course, one of the classic examples of that is the chart of the Buddha, who mm-hmm. it was said he would either become a great leader 
like his father with with wielding tremendous political power, or he will become a great spiritual teacher. And his father, who of course wanted him to become a great king, um, right. buried buried yes. the chart and tried to deny what it said in mm-hmm. the hope that he would become not the spiritual leader but the political. So mm-hmm. here is an example of this kind of uh, charting on a traditional and, uh, you know, uh, basis. You know, mm-hmm. but it, it reached into the depths of society. It permeated. It was part of the, you know, the day-by-day culture of the people, not Absolutely. just the, uh, yeah. the uh, See, royalty will, among them. Right. These teachings, these wisdom teachings, which have been a part of all of the, of every great civilization and race of people that has ever existed and will ever exist on the earth chain of evolution will be restored and they're coming back into manifestation i've seen it in my own life uh through the the group work that i was involved with uh, a number of people in england and australia mm-hmm. and, and south yes. africa and around the world people that and here in america uh, uh, very aware people, people with uh, exactly. uh, real mystery. Let's let everyone side. know that uh, you are listening to uh, A Better World Radio with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our website is www.abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.tv, where you can Sign up for our free weekly newsletter announcing who our guests will be and our subjects will be on the weekly radio show uh, to it. And our weekly television program in New York City in Manhattan aired every Monday evening at 7 p.m., which, if you are in Manhattan, you can tune in to one of the community cable TV uh, channels or outside Manhattan, just go to that same website, abetterworld.tv, and at the top, at 7 o'clock on Monday, click on uh, watch, uh, click to watch, and click through, and you will be able to watch from whatever part of the world you may be inhabiting at that moment, and uh, join us, because our subjects are always in support of and visionary about creating a better world based on ancient wisdom and based on modern wisdom. So we really invite you to be part of the A Better World community. So today we are speaking with David Zimmer. We still have a little bit more time to unpack a few more thoughts regarding metaphysics and the ageless wisdom tradition of which he has been part and an internationally known teacher of for many years David, honestly, it's a, it's such a pleasure to have you on and talking about things that are so important to you and me and mm-hmm. to so many of our audience and bringing forward a perspective on world events and mm-hmm. on ourselves that you know resonates on a different level than simply talking about the difficulties of politics and election mm-hmm. cycles and mm-hmm. the... the um, external, superficial types Mm -hmm. of dialogues that dominate our mainstream Mm -hmm. media and airwaves. It's it's enough to make you cry after a while, you know? 
and it it's depressing. noise. It's a lot of static, and people just don't realize their options. <laughs> they are not aware that there are media platforms such as this, if I may oh, say, yeah. that yeah. allow for wonderful people like you to come and share your wisdom. So well, you perform a great service, Mitchell, with your program, and more of these type programs are needed in the world. And uh, as time goes on, of course, they will be. It'll become the norm. And uh, yes, and in that well, thank way, thank you. The, and yes, I the, look forward to that day where mm, it is the norm. So do I. I feel oftentimes that a better world is seeking to establish a new norm. It's not mm-hmm. really new, but it's mm-hmm. new next to what it is that has evolved in our country and in our world, which is a sure. a serious movement to the right. Not that I mm-hmm. like the left-right paradigm so much, I don't, but it's mm-hmm. a uh, a contraction instead of an expansion, I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah that's thoughts? true. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. I think one of the things that you'll see, if I don't want to get too esoteric uh, I don't well I don't that's know okay how esoteric the audience is but one of the I don't have a yard that, uh, an esotericism yardstick so go for it yeah <clears throat> one of the things that that uh, we're anticipating is the influx of what is called fourth ray energy which is the energy of art and harmony through conflict Alice Bailey yeah. said in her writings uh, 80 years, 90 years ago, she said that this ray energy as it came into the planet, that there are seven of these rays, each one has a specific quality that is unique mm-hmm. uh, to our known solar system. And, and and some masters and higher beings have indicated that it is pervasive throughout the universe, these seven qualities of will, love, power, love, wisdom, Uh, active intelligence, harmony through conflict, uh, concrete and scientific knowledge, devotion and idealism, and uh, seventh ray, uh, the final one is uh, a ceremonial order and magic, which exists and of which we are all composed to varying degrees. But as this fourth ray energy comes in, one of the signs would be, and I gave a, a talk on this one time, and it was astounding what happened afterwards, I'll tell you about it in a minute, but this fourth ray energy, one of the indications that that the energy is coming into the planet is that blue flowers will begin to disappear. And it was part of my speech that I gave. And two ladies sitting near the front row came up to me after the lecture and said, you know, Dave, I've, I've planted blue delphiniums for 20 years and for the last two years, the roots have been spindly. And this year, they didn't bloom at all. And she said, you answered my question. And the other lady said, I've gone horseback riding every spring for 20 years in Colorado. And blue flowers are in the valleys and the dells. Uh, As wildflowers. Uh, yeah, wildflowers. And that this year, there were no blue flowers. And she was dumbstruck by that. And so I had them write down. I've got it here somewhere in my house. They're an affidavit that stated that, yes, this is true, and that, you know, I planted these flowers and they didn't bloom. And, and I rode horses up in the, these oh, areas where wild, my. and there were no blue, blue wild flowers. So uh, 
could see it even when I was at General Motors that the entire process of designing cars was being reinvented through the use of computers and that it required a person who was not only left-brained but also right-brained and that the that they were able to use both hemispheres in unison mm-hmm. created design through a computer uh, this fourth ray energy will give birth to a renaissance period that will make the renaissance of 500 years ago it is said look like child's play so we're really <laughs> in for an extraordinary time and and even as old as i am i'll get to see some of it and that'll be <laughs> reward reward enough for me well, I think that based on all of your wisdom, you might be able to know how to keep yourself alive for a long time. You well, know? that's another thing so, that will come. Yeah, is that uh, the yeah. average person will live to be 120 or 150. That'll be the norm. Yes, and it's all it's coming sooner than we think. Yes, exactly. A friend of mine and I have something too, called. You know? We have something called the 150-Year Society, mm-hmm. the Physical mm-hmm. Immortality Society. Yeah. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. trick of it is that I ask members. It's free. Anyone can join, mm-hmm. any of you listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. At 149, you have to renew for another 150 years. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you blow off the top off that one. Yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you, uh, when the age of Aquarius fully dawns, which, you know, mm-hmm. we realize that it's a span of time. It's Another actually been years, happening. Yeah. I would go back, honestly, to the 60s as uh-huh. the beginning of the germination of that seed. Yeah, you could, oh, you sure. could feel it in the air. And you could walk it's, out on not the been, mm-hmm. it's not a steady stream just mm-hmm. crescendoing. There's a, mm-hmm. a forward mm-hmm. and a backward movement to it, I think. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. as we're approaching, you know, we're past 2015 we're now Mm -hmm. moving toward 2020 and 2025 Mm -hmm. is this a time for very realistically speaking that we can see the fulfillment of some of our visions and dreams where we really will have war no more where plowshares will really take the place of swords i mean is this in other words how shambhala like will it be or will it just be a slight diminution of war and conflict so we're feel a bit better but or are we really talking about its virtual really eradication yeah yeah it's a wonderful question and of course the answer is this uh the the aquarian age will be filled with conflict but of a different variety It'll be filled with confusion and chaos because the old will be replaced with the new, uh, the new ways of thinking. But certainly the dearest hopes and wishes of the Piscean Age were for the universal brotherhood of mankind, which was never realized. And that Mm -hmm. in this coming new age period, which is not that far off if you think of 2025, uh, uh, Whatever is going to happen in the next nine or ten years may may last a little longer than that. Uh, it'll be a difficult period, but but at at the same time, simultaneously, there will be things that will be happening. Uh, just like I mentioned, uh, 
free energy, universally free mm-hmm. energy, how that will change mm-hmm. the world. Discoveries in the field of science and quantum physics, uh, the CERN Collider uh, in, uh, in Switzerland, what discoveries will come out of that. There'll be whole new uh, nanotechnologies, uh, incredible discoveries of totally new things and rediscovery of the old uh, things that uh, benefited mankind. Do you think that during this next... Do you think that during this next five to ten year period, the presence of extraterrestrial life will make themselves visibly known to not just a few, but to many? That is the single one thing that will change the world for all time. That one event. You can't think of another event that would change it any more than that. You could take all of the books of religion in the world and burn them if that happens, because it would rewrite everything. (laughs) Not saying that it will. I believe that that the whole uh, outer space man thing is a myth of the spiritual hierarchy uh, that inhabits our solar system at varying degrees. But that certainly there will be super people among us, uh, super beings. Uh, they may or may not fly in and flying saucers. I'm not too sure about that. I don't mind it if they do. I don't expect mm-hmm. that to happen, but it could. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly it, it would change everything in one day if that were to sure. happen. We'd As Orson Welles discussed exactly. <laughs> way back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he sure. was a he was a great psychic. Uh, uh, Orson yeah. Welles and and who was the other one? There was uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, I can't think right now. But he, he had visions of the future and wrote about it. Jules Verne. Jules Verne. Jules Verne. Yeah. Had tremendous. Sure. Perception. Many science fiction writers, you know, are yeah, really well, they're tapping in. You know, they're tapping Ray Bradbury, into it, et cetera, Yeah, et cetera, absolutely, sure. absolutely, sure, sure, sure. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And they're overshadowed well, listen, uh, sometimes by exactly, exactly. Well, they use well what's the last thought that you would like to leave with our audience today? Oh, I've got so many. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, like a Chinese to, menu, you can't yeah. eat it all. Yeah, what, right. what what lingering thought? I I think maybe you've already said it very I think, well. I which think was, I think to uh, uh, that the future of mankind is bright and filled with hope. It's not doom and gloom. It's filled with great hope go. and great promise. Yes. That's the, the the glory of the whole thing and the most positive. You have to dispel all this crap that is on TV and the fear-mongering and, and uh, the fear that people have of the future and, and the unknown. It's always the fear of the unknown that yes, uh, exactly. plagues mankind. But the future, according to the great psychic seers and mystics, that I'm aware of is that this future is bright and we'll begin to see it uh, around 2025 that there'll be a, a rebirth in Europe and may come to America a little later but you'll you'll see it in first in in Europe with uh, 
dramatic changes in even the way their governments are run, and our government eventually will follow suit, where it will be decentralized government, that that, uh, the power will go back to the people. Uh, That's a product of the fourth ray energy that I spoke about earlier. There will be a rebirth in the arts and the sciences. Uh, uh, Gifted children are being born into the world, and we're already seeing them in vast numbers. Uh, yes. Uh, so we, I, I, well, I live with great, great anticipation of the future, Mitchell, and uh, guys like you are going to help make it happen because you're involved in it. You're a part of it, and your yes, program indeed. is uh, is helpful in that way. And uh, I'm trying to, in some ways, bring the teachings, these wisdom teachings, into the universities where they should be. So the young yeah. children that are going to college can kind of get both, both ideas, both exactly. Share with us, you if know. you would, in our closing moments here, uh, a project that you are working on uh, regarding uh, regarding this. I'm trying to raise forty thousand dollars. It's about what I need to get this this final project uh, paid and done for is to bring about uh, uh, an enhanced, <clears throat> excuse me, an enhanced course uh, in uh, metaphysics and esoteric teachings, and in uh, the externalization of the new astrology and the new psychology uh, at a higher level. And I've got a yes. tax-free group out. You, you know Jackie Miller out in San Francisco. Very well. Um, she's she's trying to help me. She's got, a, she's got a 501c3, and I believe you do too. So Yes, I do, A Better uh, World. If I could get $40,000, I could complete, complete the project, and it would be a integral part of my own soul's purpose, which is to externalize Beautiful. wisdom teachings. Beautiful. Well, how would people get in touch with you if they want to just get in touch with you or to help support your project? Facebook, uh, David Zimmerman. Uh, my email address is David A. Zimmerman at Comcast.net. David A. Zimmerman. Okay. I think it's on your, it may be on your uh, uh, your website. website. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. So they can, they not, can contact sure. that, but... It's uh, exactly. it's tax free if they send it to uh, to Jackie Miller uh, or to you, and you could then send it on to me. And for the com- I'm so close, Mitchell, I can taste it, and I I don't have any money left to do it. It's mm-hmm. gone. So mm-hmm. I've uh, pretty much bank- bankrupted myself, but uh, it's we're close. I can I can. Yes, indeed. Wonderful, noble government. And I Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Of Thank course, you. of course. It's so good to have you on talking good about these things and uh, these subjects are deep and sensitive and awakening. So, uh, Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. We'll do it again. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. David Zimmerman, who is uh, such a metaphysician and internationally known teacher 
on these subjects of the ageless wisdom and well all that you just heard and it really does help to awaken and educate and enliven us in ways that are so important and uh, we get stuck in the material realm we get stuck on the tv and the and the trumps and the palins and you know all of the noise and I'm not saying that they don't have their place. Of course they all, everything has its place. But there becomes a disproportion of things in reality, you know, a uh, an imbalance, as it were. And this show is certainly seeking to reestablish a balance of, of health and wealth and wellness and well-being and meaning and sense of purpose and a larger perspective, a higher perspective on our lives here on planet Earth and, yes, extend that outward to our solar system and our galaxy and, wow, what fun the mind can have such a journey to expand outward and then to come and go in the other direction into the world of ourselves and holons and microbes and oh it's just infinite in each direction and who are we we're in the middle we mediate and modulate between heaven and earth uh we have a role here to play and a better world radio and tv a better world media a better world foundation is here to help to identify that role very much along the lines that david was speaking of identify that role and Play it out. Fulfill it, but completely, in toto. And, uh, you know, this is what we're here to do. And we believe that life can is best lived in a celebratory fashion, a joyful and playful fashion. And we can make the worst things that are happening actually resolve them and get us back on track of being in the Tao along the way, in the path, as it were, in the flow. And it really is possible. I've seen it so many times in the work I've done with people in my individual sessions and couples counseling and coaching, as well as in the groups, over and over again. It's nothing short of magic. So I invite you all to become part of that elixir. And if you are of a mind, please know that A Better World is a nonprofit 501c3, as David had mentioned. And we, in fact, also thrive on contributions and the generosity of our listeners and donors and realize it's not just a gift, although it is a gift, it's also an investment in a better world and creating a better world, not just us, but we are committed to a better world for all beings. And that's what you are investing in a future that can help to keep that alive, that idea and vision. So thanks so much for joining me today. I love hearing from you as well at my email address, mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr, my initials, at abetterworld.net. And if you're not already receiving the newsletter, go to our website, abetterworld.tv, and become part of our community. Love to have you and love your feedback. So on that note, thanks again for joining me. 
Mitchell J. Rabin for a better world. And I look forward to seeing you all 